Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. Glad you're listening with us today. Tonight with me, or t- today, tonight, whenever the heck you're listening to this, I-, I have a dude who has cut his weight in half and started going after some of those big dreams in his life that I'm, I'm happy to hear you talk about. Uh, his name is John Arpino. John, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, Gourmet? How's everything? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Those of you out there in the listening world, um, you might know John better than you know me. He's JRP's Journey on Instagram um, and, you know, on the gram, as the kids say. And you've got a, you, you definitely fit in with the, the topic of being in the fat guy forum, man. Um, me? So, no. yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, I don't know if anyone has told you this before, but you were a hefty lad. Oh, really? You were you were you were what they call husky. I husky. think is, is the word. Yeah. Husky, husky is the word. So pleasantly you, plump, if you, you will. were. Yeah, pleasantly plump. You were you were on the chubby side. Um, yeah. Why don't Why don't you take us into uh, a little bit of your history? Talk about what it was like growing up as a a pleasantly plump um, kid. Growing up as a pleasantly plump kid. Um, That's going to be your autobiography title, just so you know. Yeah, pleasantly plump and uh, living the life that I want to. There we go. There we go. Um, You know, I mean, it sucked. I mean, what do you expect? You you live your whole life uh, in a plus as a plus size person in a regular size world, and uh, it kind of gets to you, right? Um, I was always really heavy. Um, I had a lot of medical problems as a kid. I'm sure we'll get into that later, but, uh, mm-hmm. I had really bad asthma as a kid. So I was always sitting on the sidelines. I was a bit of a chunker. Um, I, uh, I always loved to eat. I'm from an old school Italian family. So, you know, um, I was eating all the time, you know, you're bored, you know, you have nothing to do, you eat. So, um, if it had bread, cheese or sauce on it and it was edible, it was going in my mouth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, but living living as a as a fat kid quote unquote as as uh as we said before it sucked um you know you you have bullies in school you you don't get along with a lot of people um a lot of people just like to make you the butt of the joke so what do you do you uh you figure out a way to fit in you become the funny nice guy and you roll with the punches and when did you first realize that you were that you were a fat kid that when did when did that word first start to mean something to you um when I started shopping in bigger size clothes than the rest of my friends. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, I remember being in summer camp as a kid. And um, I remember I remember this kid had like a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, bathing suit. And it, and it had a matching shirt. And I remember I really wanted it. And uh, I believe that I asked him where he got it. And, you know, his mom talked to my mom. And we went to go get one. And when we got to the store, KB, wherever the hell it was, um, they didn't have any of my size because it only went up to like a medium. And I was like an XL at the time. And I was, I was maybe like 10 or 11 years old. So that's like my first memory of being a, uh, being a fat kid. Which it seems like for those people that don't really know you, that, that can be a, a kind of a big poignant memory because you're a big wrestling fan. Oh yeah, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Um, so, and I'm yeah. sure we'll we'll dive a little more into to that in a little bit. But I, I I think it it makes a lot of sense that that right there that would be a you're realizing that you can't access things um, because of your your size and your weight just continued to grow to grow right like you you 
you weren't necessarily a stationary size for long at any point. Oh, no, it was like, just up. Everything was just up. You know, um, I was I was just always overweight, and it was just, it was just not like the weight was substan like it wasn't sustaining. It was just it was going up. So I was always constantly overweight, gaining weight. Um, that was just my way of life for twenty two years. So it was were you you were twenty two when you hit your heaviest weight. I would, yeah, when I turned 22, um, that's, that was when everything like started to change. So yeah, that's when I hit my, uh, hit my low point in life, my heaviest point in life. And, uh, and then after that, it was, you know, the journey began. So, so what do you mean everything started to change? What, what, what happened? So, I mean, um, I had a near death experience in my house. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was at my all time heaviest weight. I was uh, a little bit over 500 pounds at the time. I had a massive asthma attack in my house and I mm. code blued in my living room in front of my family. And, um, when the paramedics came on the scene to come, you know, get me to a hospital, no one on the scene was ALS certified. So anybody listening who does not know what that means, basically no one could administer epinephrine. Mm. Um, epinephrine is basically just a the purest form of adrenaline if you know what an epipen is um so no one on the scene was allowed to give me that and uh as i'm being wheeled out of my house the paramedic looked me in the eye and said i'm so sorry and uh at that point i thought well that's it asshole you're gonna die right here in your living room way to go mm. and what I, and i know because i've heard you tell the story before but i i always think when i hear you talk about that person saying that to you like what? Because I, I also know, like you, you've said that there was so much going on at that point too. You know, and then you were in and out of it. Like when you're able to think back to that moment, like what's the first? You know, what comes into your head when you think about someone basically saying, you know, we're sorry, you're gonna die, it's over. Well, yeah, I mean, at that point, I mean, looking back, it was like, holy God, you know, all bets were off at that point. Um, I mean, I don't know how I made it through that. I don't know. You know, the, the, um, I just don't know how I was able to wake up, you know, a couple hours later in the emergency room, not even a couple hours later, like an hour or so later in the emergency room and then them tending to me and making sure that, uh, I was all right. It still baffles my mind that all that even went down. Oh, for sure, man. And, and obviously thank God that you, you did wake up. Um, yeah, thank you. And I, I, I want to get into that a little bit, but I, I also then think like, what was your life like at that point, though? You know, 500 pounds. What, what was life like for you living at that size at that age? I was miserable. Um, I was at, like, my all-time low, as, as I was saying before. Um, you know, I was going through a very big depression. I had lost my, my grandmother that February. Mm -hmm. So when this all happened, this was October. So, you know, that was a, a big chunk of months of just going through a very, very dark depression. I, I stopped caring about myself. I really stopped taking care of my health. I was eating all the goddamn time. It didn't really matter what I was eating. My, uh, my best friend actually at the time owned a restaurant. So I was just constantly in there eating, drinking, and just, you know, not caring. Um, it got to the point where I hardly fit in the front seat of my car. Uh, I couldn't bend over to tie my shoes anymore. Um, I was profusely sweating all the time and I had just given up on, you know, the simplest things in life. You know, nothing really brought me joy anymore. Mm. I, 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 that, no, I, I think that makes complete sense, man. I think, you know, having going through a loss like that in your family, you know, triggers behaviors for people and 
it, it, it makes complete sense that that would just contribute to what you're already going through. You know, right. I'm, so I'm sorry that you went through that. And then to, then to face, you know, then to face your mortality and wake up in the hospital. Like, what, when did things, like, when you woke up, were you immediately in that place of, I'm going to change, things are going to change? Or did that come after? Like, how did, how did you get to that place? Well, when, you know, when everything was going on and I was put in the back of the ambulance, um, uh, you know, one of the, the more specific things I remember was, you know, being in the gurney and looking up at the, at the ceiling of the back of the ambulance, and there was a clock there. And mm -hmm. I remember floating in and out of consciousness. And I just remember praying to, you know, God or whatever. And my grandma, most, most importantly, you know, just, you know, let me survive this. Let me get past this. And I, and I swear to you, I will make things right. Just let me get to the other side of this. And I will, you know, give me another shot. Give me another chance and I will make it right. So when, uh, when I woke up on that BiPAP machine in the ER, I was just like, well, that's, that's it. I mean, like, I know what I have to do. It was, it was that serious. Mm -hmm. Um, there was no, there was no second chance, you know, there was no going back to what had just transpired. If that happened again, that was it, you know, um, I wasn't going to allow myself to get back to that point again. It's not like in the past I hadn't tried to change my way of life. Believe me, I had. And unfortunately, as messed up as it is, that, that wasn't the first time that, you know, my weight and my health had almost taken my life, but it was definitely the most serious and if I didn't, if I did not get my act together, then, you know, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. It's just, right. it's, it's as simple as that. That makes complete sense, man. Now you say like you had had health scares before, um, based, you know, due to your weight and, and your, I'm sure the, the asthma played a role in that. Like, what do you think, was it just the severity this time or was it finally enough? Like. Had you, had you tried to lose weight before? Like, was that something? Did you have a, a checkered? Like, I, I started diets when I was 10 years old. Like, had you been put on diets as a kid? Or was that just oh, yeah. something that, that kind of never was there for you? No, like I said, I mean, I was heavy forever. And uh, mm -hmm. I had terrible asthma forever. So, you know, doctors were always trying to get me lose, to lose weight. Um, I was on Weight Watchers for a long time. Um, I did the South Beach diet. Um, I had success with stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think I lost like 50 pounds on Weight Watchers. And this is, I was, you know, maybe in, in middle school, I had to be in like seventh or eighth grade when I was on right. Weight Watchers. I was like the youngest person in my meetings at Weight Watchers. I had to mm. be. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like the th it didn't work. Um, it definitely worked, but it was the whole accountability factor. It was mm -hmm. the whole um, lifestyle change. And it was the, um, it was more of the, uh, I wasn't ready to change. For you know sure, I mean? you know there. You, when you live your your life a certain way for so long, it's just so hard to change. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know you can relate. Um, oh, completely. When when you're used to you know being able to go in your car and go to Taco Bell and order thirty dollars worth of food and then go home and eat more, it's like why change that? The food becomes like a, a security blanket to you. Why would you want to take that away? So it, it it was more moving out of that spot was the hardest. And like I said before, I had such bad asthma. I was on a, I was on a medicine. Uh, I was on a steroid called prednisone. So the thing with prednisone is it either stunts your growth or makes you gain weight. And like right. I always tell people, I'm six foot five and I was five hundred pounds. So you know, it didn't stunt my growth. Mm. It just it made me put on a, a, a shit ton of weight. Um, I was always hungry. I was irritable. I was a terror to be around because I was just so nasty because of the steroids. I had mm. something that they call steroid psychosis where 
I was just mean. You know what I mean? And I was mean to myself. I was mean to, you know, members of my family for a while, just because the medicine just takes a toll on your body and on your mind. Um, and it's a double-edged sword. You know, you would lose weight. I would be on Weight Watchers. I would drop weight and then I would get sick again and I would put the weight right back on, you know, mm. because I get put right back on the steroids. And then we, where are you? You're back to square one. So you have to lose all that weight that you worked so hard to lose before. And then what makes you want to do that again? You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, completely. Once, once you get kicked off the horse, you know, why do you want to get back on the horse if it's just going to throw you off again? Exactly. Like you, you get to that point where you don't, I mean, in a lot of ways you give up because why keep trying if you're just going to get knocked down again? Right. You know, it's going to, it's just going to happen. You know, it's going it, to, when it happens so many times, you know, it's going to happen again. And, and I think like you started to talk about something that I think is, is something that a lot of bigger people deal with. Like we let food become such a big deal in our lives that other things start to fall away. So yeah. that the, the thought of taking the food away means there's nothing left behind. Like, what do you exactly. fill that hole with? Like when you're starting to burn bridges with people and you can't physically go where people are going and you can't do all those quote unquote normal things. How do you even conceive of being able to do them? Like, so even if you think, okay, I'll, I'll give up, you know, I'll, I'll change my diet, but you, is, at 500 pounds, you're still thinking it's still going to be a year before I can do quote unquote, anything that might resemble normal. Right. So what do I do till then? Like, do I just sit with myself alone? Like, and then what, like, I know for you, that's compounded by, so then what happens if I have an attack and I'm dealing with those medicines again and I get that feeling and I'm dealing with that? Like, how do I, how do I put all that together? Like, it, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it sounds like a lot of like your eating behavior too was coping with a lot of those, that, that, the, those feelings oh, and, and all of those, those issues that are coming up for you. Like mm -hmm. you had this, you had these two different issues that serve to reinforce each other and make each other worse. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, food, I mean, from a fat guy's perspective, I mean, we're, oh, yeah. we're talking so solely as people who have been on both sides of the spectrum. Food is that security blanket. That's what oh, it yeah. is. It, it's that comfort. It's that you know what it's going to be every single time. You know, you order the same thing from the same place, you know what you're getting. And if that's what makes you happy, then how am I going to take that away? What's going to, like you said, what's going to fill that void? Because the most stressful thing about the lifestyle change is taking away the things that um, make you make you worse, you know, quote unquote worse. So, what is going to make me feel better by taking this away? You can't take away the take away the one thing that's making me feel better, and then you get thrown off, and then you you don't want to you know commit, and you don't want to stay accountable to the diet. You you know, I don't like to use the word diet. Um, right. I've, I've said this on other podcasts before. Um, it's it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. The difference between a diet and a lifestyle change is basically the root word. In diet, it's die. D I E. If you if you think that you are going on a diet, a diet has a beginning and an end. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll only die. It the diet will only die if you continue to think of it like that. A lifestyle change is life. It's 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 everlasting. It's it's the new way of living. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. That's a, that's a great way to uh, to frame it. You know, and give you give yourself some perspective on it that way. I think that's really, you know, that's that's a positive way to put a spin on something that people associate with a lot of negativity with. Right. So yeah. you you let let's talk let's let's wallow for a second. Okay. In this in this life you were living at you know at five hundred pounds, like you know we 
you you and I and some of our friends are have had some good kind of DM chats about what our lives <laughs> were li- what our lives were like. Um, right. You know, we've got a friend, we've got a mutual friend who's still persisting with his love of Oreos, even if he controls the portion now. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's out there. He knows that we're talking about him. He's very excited that we're talking about him. But for you, when you were 500 pounds, what were your go to foods? Like, what were your go to meals that like were the things that you always had to have? Pizza. Pizza. Let, let me tell you something. I could eat pizza five million times a day, seven different, you know, seven million different styles. Mm-hmm. Pizza is the most versatile food in the uh, the food pyramid. Um, that was the love of my life. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember times, uh, you know, during these past diets, you know, Weight Watchers and whatnot, where my family would try to take pizza away from me, and I literally, as a as a little kid, even as a as a young adult, cried over pizza. Mm. Sat there, broke down, and cried. Um, that was that was again my security blanket. Um, to this day, I mean, like I have not had a slice of pizza in uh, almost four years now. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's just it's that trigger food that I that I know that I could eat it, but part of me is just like not yet. You mm-hmm. know, um, there's a there's a little bit of fat John left in me that is just like yeah, eat that fucking pizza, you fat piece of shit, and see what happens. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, the food is is uh, like I said before, when you when you program your body um to always have these these comfort foods. Uh, for me, it was pizza. It was um, chicken franchises, stuff like that. I can't really narrow it down to one particular food. Because oh, sure. I, I remember days, like I said before, going to Taco Bell um, during lunch at school because, you know, as a senior, we were allowed to leave school. And me and my buddies would head there and I would spend $37 on Taco Bell by myself. I would go to Wendy's and spend $30 on Wendy's, you know, um, it, it wasn't really what I was eating. It was the portions. It was oh, yeah. how much of everything I was eating. I was never a junk food kind of guy. Um, I was never like a sit there and eat a bag of chips kind of guy or stuff like that. I was a, I want real food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want cooked food. Oh, yeah. And I, and I would just eat and eat and eat and eat. And if you didn't finish your food, I'm going to eat the rest of your food. Go ahead. No problem. Um, but I wasn't really like a. I want to go to the store and go buy four bags of Doritos and a bag of Cheetos and some Fritos. I think that I think that makes sense, man. Like we we all develop our, our the things that we like, and you know when you're that big, you kind of commit to them. Like right, they become heavily ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. So, so you go through this experience, this near death experience. Let's call it what it was, right? And make a promise that you're going to change. Mm-hmm. So. What what came next? Uh, what came next was I enrolled myself in a pulmonary rehab facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I was one. I couldn't handle going to a real gym. I couldn't handle that physically, let alone mentally. Um, you know, every fat guy has that stigma when they start going to the gym that you know everyone's going to be looking at me. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm embarrassed. This, that, and the third, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, is everyone looking at you? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are, well, then they need to stop fucking looking at you and go back to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
I couldn't handle it. My health couldn't handle it. So I got enrolled into this pulmonary rehab facility, which is basically for, you know, older people who suffer from strokes, you know, car accidents, mm-hmm. heart attacks, what have you. So again, I'm the youngest person in the group. Um, I'm 22 at the time. Right. And there's, there's people there who are, you know, late seventies, eighties, you know, there was a gentleman in there who was, you know, 92 years old and they're all on treadmills and doing little circuit exercises and I remember one day I was, you know, on the treadmill in between these two older women and they had to be, you know, in their, their late seventies, early eighties. And they were kicking my ass on the treadmill. And I'm just like, you know, what the hell is going on? Um, I, I can't, I don't understand. So I, I stood there for a little while and then it just, it got to a point where it was like, I'm never going to move forward you know, in this new lifestyle, if I stay here, um, you know, there's no room for growth here. There's no, mm. there, will be, there will be no actual gains made here. And I'm not talking like gains, like, you know, muscularity and stuff right, like right. that. But like, I was not going to lose a significant amount of weight working out there a half hour a day, three days a week or two days a week or whatever it was. So at that point in time, you know, I had to make a decision. Now this is six months that I'm there now, you know, I had to make the decision to finally move to a regular gym which is what I ended up doing. Um, that's how I got introduced to my trainer now. Right. And, um, so now I'm been, I've been, this is going to be my fourth year on my, uh, quote unquote journey. So yeah, I mean, I started there three and a half years ago and I've just been going ever since. Um, I started in a regular gym again. I had that stigma that everyone was going to be looking at me, but, uh, I just had to, had to deal with it. I just had to learn to accept it learn that a it was my own mind playing tricks on me and b learn that nobody really gives a shit mm. um, nobody cares everyone's there for the same reason you are no matter what size shape color it, it really doesn't matter people go to the gym for all the same reasons to lose weight or to gain muscle so they and they're so worried about themselves that they have no idea what you look like you know oh yeah they're much um, more they're much more concerned with how they're looking than right. they are with how you're looking at all. Exactly. And, you know, the most body positive people in the world still have insecurities about themselves. You know, they're still in the gym worrying about how they look. That They don't have time to think about you, you know, but uh, that, that's something that you learn over time. That's, you know, you just don't walk into a gym at 500 pounds and be like, well, no one's going to notice that I'm here, you know? Completely, man. And one of the things, because uh, I've heard you tell this story before, I, I want to get you to shout out right now. Like your trainer is the same trainer you work with now, correct? Yeah. So my buddy, who is Steve, that? Who is that? Who is yeah, that? That's my, that's my buddy, Steve. Um, we actually, we went to the same high school together. We were not friends in high school. We are what I like to call hallway buddies. Yep. Um, so, you know, we knew of each other in high school. We were two Italian kids who went to the same high school. We always said hello to each other in the hall, you know, during Christmas time, how's your family? How was your Christmas break? Blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, when, when we were in high school, now he's, he's a year younger than I am. Um, he was heavy, you know, mm-hmm. he was heavy too. Um, now I had no idea that he had lost, he lost over a hundred pounds himself. So I had no idea. And when I had met him at this gym, I was like, you know what, there's no better person to take me on this journey than someone who's done it themselves. Mm-hmm. So we hit it off. Um, we're the best of friends. Uh, we've been doing this for going on four years and I would not have changed a second of it. You know, that's, you know, my brother, um, I confide in him, you know, with everything when it comes to health and nutrition and, 
I would not have I would not have made it to where I am right now if not for Steve. So shout out to Steve. That's all that we're going to talk about him now. So Steve, you can either turn this podcast off or continue to listen. There we go. So <laughs> so working out is important uh, on a fitness journey, but you obviously what you were eating is also involved. So what was going on with your food intake then? Like what were you doing? What was your approach? What's what's changed with that? Like take us talk about that for with us for a bit. Well, something that um, Steve taught me, and you know, it took me a while to learn was um, when it comes to the gym and it and it comes to nutrition and stuff. Um, I like to live by that. It, you know, you have to put in two hundred percent. So that the two hundred percent is a hundred percent accountability, eighty percent diet or nutrition because I don't like the word diet, mm-hmm. and then the the other twenty percent is um, actual exercise. So what you put into your body is exactly what your body is going to give you out. If you think of your body like a car, um, the type of gasoline that you put in your car is the better that it runs. If, if you put diesel in a gasoline engine, let's say, your car is not going to run properly. It's not going to run at all. So mm. if you keep putting shitty food into your body, your body is, you know, it's just not going to run. It's not going to run efficiently. It's not going to run the way that you want it to run. Um, so what I had to, I had to totally basically relearn how to eat in a, in a way in the beginning. Um, I had to, you know, cut carbs, which was, you know, I, again, I come from an old school Italian family. I eat bread 9 million times a day. I ate pasta every single Sunday. Um, and this is just stuff that I had to take a step back from and, I had to up my vegetable intake. I had to up my protein intake and forget about the carbs for a while, for a very long time. And it sucked. It definitely sucked at first. Um, telling you, telling yourself that you can't have the things that you are so used to having, it becomes a routine, you know. Uh, for years and years, you're so used to just, I can eat what I want, when I want, however I want. And then when you when you decide to give yourself goals, you learn that, well, maybe I can't, you know, I can't do whatever I want if I want to actually meet these goals. And I'm, I'm actually serious about getting to this end point or wherever you are, you know. That makes complete sense like that there. I feel like I keep saying that, too, because you, I'm nodding my head as you're talking and going like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we come to the end and I'm like. Okay, that makes complete sense. Um, so yeah. I know I'm going to get comments from people that are like, "Stop saying that," um, but it does. Ah. Like, I, you you, you got to work on that perspective when it comes to what you're putting into your into your body and and what you're doing, and you know, finding the nutritional approach that that works for you. Um, you you also ended up employing another tool though for your, for your weight loss. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So. Um, I had lost, this is where you're going with that, right? Oh yeah. Uh, this is okay. exactly where we're going. Like, I'm like, when's okay. he going to, let's talk about it, dude. Let's talk about so, it. I think, I think it's awesome. And so I really want to, I want to, I want to talk about, you know, kind of your, what, what ended up happening for you. I think it's okay, great. Yeah. I mean, again, I am a open book. Anybody who follows me on Instagram knows that I am a completely open book. I am very transparent. Um, completely, completely. Yeah. Completely transparent. Uh, and I'm so, very, what's that? Some might say too transparent at times, but we'll we'll move on. You know. Yeah. Well, forget them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but um, so I'm a very big at, at very big advocate of this. Um, I had lost 85 pounds on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, no help from nobody but Steve. 
Um, and then because of the asthma uh, being as bad as it was, there would be times where I would still end up in the hospital because of my mm. asthma, and then I would be put back onto these steroids, and the, the, the weight that I had lost, I would regain. Mm. So I had lost 85 pounds, and then uh, I, I got sick. And I was back in the hospital. I got put back on these steroids, and it, and uh, you know I had to make the decision that um, if I was going to be serious about this lifestyle change, and I really wanted to lose as much weight as possible, I had to make the decision to have gastric sleeve surgery done. Mm -hmm. um, now, a lot of people think that gastric sleeve surgery is a big taboo in the weight in the Instagram weight loss community. Um, I think that those people don't know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they are very uninformed about what actually goes into having a, uh, bariatric procedure done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't blame them for feeling that way. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, uh, on the Instagram community, if they've had it done, they're either very gung ho about it. Like, yes, I've had it done. I was sleeved on this date. This is what happened to me. These are all the things that I do. This is what I eat every day. And then you have the people that, um, don't talk about it that they hide their scars, that mm -hmm. they um, pretend that it never actually happened. Um, I am neither one of those people. I like to think of myself as somewhere right in the middle. And I am very, if you ask me about it, yes, you're damn right. I had it. And it was the best decision that I ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't hide it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not out there um, saying this is my VSG journey. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But sure. I put in a lot of hard work before and after the surgery. Um, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, who have had the surgery and they are not as successful as myself or other people that I know that have had tremendous success because of the procedure. Um, listen, it's it's just like anything else uh, for anybody who's listening who is on the on the fence about you know whether you should have it done or not. Um, gastric, you know, all bariatric surgery in general, gastric sleeve, and most importantly. Um, it can be a very big blessing. Um, it can be an amazing tool mm -hmm. that can take you light years beyond what you think you are capable of if you treat it as a tool. Um, that does not mean having gastric sleeve surgery and the second that you are told you're allowed to have solid food that you go to your nearest pizza place and order three slices of pizza and think that, hey, I'm going to get this the fuck down um, because you're not. Mm -hmm. um, and if you continue to think that you will and you – get past the point of, okay, I don't throw up when I overeat anymore. Well, then you are just going to go back to where you were originally. Because like I said, I know people who have had it done and they've gained back double of what their original weight was before they had it. Um, and it's, it, it, it's a very sad thing because, you know, you, what gastric sleeve surgery is for people that don't know, um, if you're, if your stomach was shaped like a football from end to end, if you were going to punt it, they cut it into a banana. So they literally remove three quarters of your stomach. So imagine having three quarters of your stomach removed from your body. You were born with this body part and now mm -hmm. you are deciding to take it away and you are trying to benefit your life. And now you decide to say, screw it. Um, I did it. I lost weight and now I'm going to go back to my old habits. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are so many people that I, I see on the internet, um, that have had it done and I know that they've had it done. They openly say that they have it done and then they go back to eating disgustingly and they go, go back to drinking soda and carbonated beverages and I'm like, well, why did you go through what you went through? Let's mm. go back to how you were. Like that's not, that's not progression. That, that, is, that is a decline 
and that decline is just going to snowball into something so much bigger. Oh, and and that's like you hit on some really really key points there because I think you're right. Like, there's obviously a lot of strong feelings for people on many different sides of of issues when it comes to gastric surgery. Like, you know, people who are who want you to vehemently know that they didn't have it, and people that want you to vehemently know that they did have it. And I think right. I think the piece that a lot of people miss when they think about this is that, like you just described, this is not something that you're in and out in five minutes and your life is automatically fixed by doing this. So it's not this magic wand that a no. lot of people like to say it is. And it not, it's not like I, I have not had it. I have mm. never, I've honestly never considered having it because I'm way too chicken to even think about having you know, like blood drawn, never mind actually having surgery. But right. I think my perspective is that if you come to a point where you feel like this is the this is the tool that you need to use, then use it as a tool. And and making that decision is not something that people make lightly. As much as some people want to put that on people, I think they want to, you know, there's there's that old cliche of it's the easy way out. And I honestly I don't think it is. No. Because yeah. I th I think what you've described, like that failure and the failure rate is what happens when someone has that perspective of it being an easier way out. Like, oh, yeah. If you I, go into it thinking it's an easier way out, I mean, that's it. Oh, there's no changing someone's mind from that, unfortunately. Because there's no, there's no work on their mindset being done then. And I think, honestly, anyone who looks at your page and doesn't see someone who works his butt off, regardless mm -hmm. of what tools that, you're using to do that, thank you, you know, they're blind. They are literally a, they're literally a blind person. Like, I see you as someone who... You, you were dealing with a, a medical issue, you know, and everyone who's very heavy is dealing with some kind of medical issue, but you were dealing with a literal, a literal medical issue that no matter how far ahead you got in this race, it kept dragging you back closer to that right. starting line again. Mm -hmm. And then you found a way to give yourself, you know, the right sneakers to wear to get across the finish line. Like you found a tool that's going to work for you. Like for me, that's for me, it was keto. And for right. like, there, there are a ton of people that say they could never do keto. And, and I honestly say when those people say that, then don't do keto, do something else. Right. That's exactly. why I'll, when someone says, because I honestly like something and this, it, it's actually kind of funny because this happened to me yesterday. I every so often will have someone come at me hard in my DMs mm -hmm. saying that they know that I had, that I had some kind of bypass surgery done and I won't, that I'm lying about it. Right. Um, because I honestly, and maybe this is just my blissful ignorance in, in my life. I didn't realize that there were people out there that are lying about it. You know, oh, I didn't. So I, many. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I didn't know. Like, I just did. I guess maybe because it, I'm just, I don't have a natural propensity to do that, so I don't think that someone would do that. So, I end up having to like show pictures and like direct them to posts of mine, and then, and then they find, and they nine times out of ten, they're like, "Oh, well, I just assumed, and I guess that's okay." Like, I mean, I had someone in public the other day ask what surgery I had, like, and I said, "That's the first question you're going to ask me." Like. Well, because it's become you know. so much of the norm now. Oh, it, um, it is, which it is, is which is sad, mm -hmm. which is really sad. Because again, it, it's it's a lot of people think it's that easy way out. But um, I was that guy who sat on that other side of the fence who never wanted to have it done. Oh I yeah, mean, I I don't want people when they listen to this be, to to think I was you know in the front of the line and I couldn't wait to have my stomach cut open. That's not what it was at all. I had done extensive amount of research before I ever really mm. considered having it done. And then once the decision was made that, okay, this is what I need to do in order to save my own life, I did even more research after that. Um, so 
as far as it being a magic pill, a, a, a silver bullet, what have you, it's not. Um, there is months of hard work that go into it post-op where you mm-hmm. need to you need to relearn how to eat again. You need to relearn how to, you know, your whole mind state needs to change. Um, perfect example is I remember when I got discharged from the hospital and now it's my first day at home mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I'm by myself. And I'm sitting there and, and, and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm bored and I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Because normally if I was home bored right now, I'd fucking eat. Right, but right. I, but one, I'm not hungry. And two, I don't even know what I'm allowed to eat right now. Mm. Um, you know, I remember being on a soft diet and I, and I was, you know, I was shredding chicken in a fucking blender. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. Everyone who's going to listen to this, this I know, is going to be F-bombs I, all over I'm it. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put a disclaimer at the beginning. Don't worry about yeah. it. Don't worry I about apologize. It. We'll, um, we'll, do, we'll do a parental advisory. People need to know what they're – I mean, let's – you know, they know what they're getting into with you, John. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about I mean, it. I'm, I, I'm just, I, I, I keep it real, you know, mm-hmm. for me. Like, I'm oh, just, for sure. I, I'm not one of these fake people on Instagram who's like, hey, look at all this weight I lost. Aren't I fantastic? No. I'm a I'm a real guy from New York who I'm going to tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, and I feel like that's why you know me, you, and Joel, and and that guy that uh, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, um, I don't. I would only remember what it is. Damn, what is it? Um, it's something like Andrew. It's something like Boro. Oh, Bo- yeah, yeah, Andrew Boro. Is that Andrew? It? Yeah. Andrew Boro. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, whatever his name is, um, you know, we're just real people. Um. And that's I, I, I hate people that lose a significant amount of weight. I know we're going off on a tangent here. But oh, it's okay. People, it's okay. I hate people that lose a significant amount of weight and then automatically think that they're above everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because listen, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're the same fat piece of shit that was getting made fun of back in the day, or you're that same person who was insecure about going out, or whatever it is. We all had our quarrels. We all had our problems when we lived on the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. And there's no taking that away. You know, it, it, It's supposed to make us better people. It's not supposed to turn us in, into what we hated when we were on the other side. Um, and, that's and I a, feel like, yeah, we all forget that. I feel like there's so many people that forget that. I think, and I think that's that's the hard thing for people when they finally start to get the maybe the attention they never had, or they're able to connect with people they never could before, and they start to real, you know, kind of forget where you're coming from. And I, right. I, I think that's one of the things, like you know, I think I see strong in you is like a connection to your roots and and what's important to you. And I I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about this because honestly. I, I haven't had a lot of discussions, like pot, not outside of the podcast, even with people that have chosen to go the, you know, a gastric surgery route mm-hmm. and still then put it, you know, I know people that have done it and had not, not had success. You know, I've had right. a lot of discussions with people like that, but like I, my, I, I think there are probably guys listening to this that have considered it and have been through those places where they've tried everything, they feel like they've tried everything else. They feel like they're dealing with medical issues that are overwhelming and mounting. Like, mm-hmm. what what would you say are like the big things that someone should think about if they're considering having the surgery done? Like, speak to those guys. Speak to those guys out there. I mean, if 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 you're if you're in that spot and you are a thousand percent considering it, I mean, things that you need to take into account is that your life will be completely different i mean yeah you're gonna lose you're gonna lose a lot of weight and you're gonna get a lot more attention if you decide to stick to it um 
But that's the most important thing is sticking to it. The the moment that you feel like you have an out and you can go back to that old lifestyle is the moment that you're going to start to fail. Um, mm. Now, now I'm not saying that you have to play by the rules all the time. This is life. You know, you're allowed to live. Um, you know, Poro the other day it was his birthday and he posted that, you know, he, he had cake. He went out to dinner. He had carbs. He ate a half, he ate a whole calzone for two people. Um, it's okay sometimes to, to be that way. You know, we're human, but if you're going to make a decision like this and you, you're really, you're going to change the anatomy, your own, your whole anatomy, you're mm. taking away three quarters of your stomach that God gave you or whatever you believe how you got here. Um, take that seriously. Really take into account that things are going to be different. Um, you know, I'm four years out from surgery this November. Um, and I can probably now eat as much as a, a regular person who, who doesn't overeat. You, you, you know what I mean? Like right. a person who, um, who doesn't have to worry about um, overeating and, 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 and stuffing their face all the time. I'm good with a normal portion of food. I don't have to eat, you know, baby food, you know, little, little amounts anymore. But still, I'm not out there shoving everything in my mouth because I, because I feel like I can now. Um, the reason why I had so much success, and I say this all the time, is um, when I was given the quote unquote rule book of how this was going to be, I stuck to that. Mm. Um, because if I was going to make this decision and this was truly going to help me change my life, um, I wanted every benefit. You know, I didn't want a little piece of the pie, I wanted the whole pie. Right. Um, I wanted to be successful. Um, you live your life so long being unsuccessful and and failing over and over again at these fad diets and and you know weight watchers and south beach diet and atkins diet and whatever um there comes a point in time where you just want to win uh and you're going to do whatever it takes to win so if that means kissing your favorite food goodbye for a few years listen man i've said it and i i say it to anybody who asks i had a cheat day for 22 years of my life every mm -hmm. day i had a cheat day um Four years without pizza, big deal. You know, right. I, I had enough pizza for me, you, Poro, Joel, and everybody in the in the, in the uh, Instagram weight loss community. I had enough pizza for all of us. So if I never have pizza again, it's not a big deal. I mean, I know I will. I know, you know, there's going to be one day where I finally say, ah, you know what? You deserve a slice of pizza. Right. But until then, you know, I, I follow the rule book. You know, I drink my water. I, uh, I eat right. And um, I just... I don't want to go back to that person. That that's what keeps me up at night sometimes is I never want to go back to that person that I was. That person was bad. That person was evil. That person, you know, made me miss so many opportunities in my life. I dropped out of college because I was just I was too heavy to walk around a college campus. I mm. no longer fit behind a school desk. You know, um so many things were taken from me and I was forced to grow up so quick because of my past that um I just I feel like now I deserve this, you know, and I never pat myself on the back. Um, I'm never one to do that. But, uh, you know, if you're thinking about having this done, really weigh your options out, really look into what goes into it. Um, ask questions, you know, don't be afraid to ask. There's no stupid questions, especially when you're trying to change your life. Mm. You know, you don't have all the answers and, and nobody has all the answers. So we live in an age now of technology where we can reach out to people you know, all different walks of life who've all experienced different things. And many of us have experienced the same exact things. And, um, we just need to 
gain knowledge from each other mm. because that's what's going to make us all better. I know that that sounds really, um, really big. That can, that, that can sound really, you know, uh, really dumb, but that's really how it is. Um, use use the tools that you have, and, you, and if you're thinking about doing it, use it as the tool to succeed. Don't look at it as an easy way out. Don't look at it as I'm going to get this surgery in a year. I'm going to be down, you know, a hundred plus pounds, and I'm going to feel the greatest that I ever have. Because yeah, you will. But once that year comes and you decide to, you know, be more lenient in in your lifestyle, that's when you go backward. Um, and nobody wants to go backward. Uh, you know, we we've all failed. We've all gone backward before. Uh, why why do a, a a procedure, a real life procedure where it, it involves cutting out three quarters of your stomach? And I keep saying that because I want mm-hmm. people to know how real that is. Oh yeah. Um, why why do that just to go back to how you were? So. I mean, that's, that's really my take on that. I, th- I think that's, and that's a good question. I think for everyone out there, no matter what tool they're going to use, because I think, yeah. I think we all fall prey to that mindset of we fix the problem. So now we can just go back to the way things were, because we have this sense in our culture of how a quote unquote normal person eats. And it's one of those things that's funny. Like when you were talking about, like, you know, you, you were saying, you know, you're going to have those nights like you talked about Poro's birthday night and you know, we're going to live and we're human. Honestly, for me, that's one of my biggest pet peeves right now is when people talk about that behavior and describe mm-hmm. it as living because you're living every day, no matter what, right? Your, your life is going to come at you. Those days are those days that you choose to make those behaviors. Like, right. Don't, oh, I don't, agree. don't talk about earning a cheat night. Talk right. about cho- choosing to have it because right. it, the more ownership I think we take, like that's one of the things that I think, you know, impresses me about your approach, especially knowing that you, how young you had the, you know, a lot of this happened to you. Like mm-hmm. you take ownership of ev- every step of this journey. Like you, you, you do not, you're not like you, you, you're not sitting here saying the decision to have this surgery was placed on me, you know, like was, it was made for me. Like I, none of these decisions were made for you. You made no. them for yourself. Because you also know a lot. I mean, yes, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I do think, you know, I'm always like big on we have to take responsibility for what we've done and face our choices. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, you, the, with, because of your asthma and the drugs you were put on and the prednisone and the steroids, you had the deck stacked against you when it came into a lot of these battles. Like, you really right. just did. Like, that's just real. Like, let's be honest mm-hmm. about that. Like, it wasn't just that you were fighting you know, food addiction and food issues and all those things that were there. And we all, you know, a lot of us have dealt with, but then you had that added burden of, okay, here's this medicine that's going to just cause your weight to go up, you know, is going to cause your, your appetite, your emotions to get out of control. Like, so I think it's for you to have found a way, you know, and yes, I know there are probably, there are, there are going to be some people like, you know, uh, I'm Gormigo's keto. A lot of people Mm -hmm. listening are going to be people out there that would say they would never consider doing, you know, gastric surgery or anything along those lines. And they they have that mightier than thou attitude when they think about those sorts of things. And I would I would challenge them, you know, if they're not following you to really dig in and follow what you're doing and, and watch like watch a couple of your stories when you're at the gym. You know, watch your approach to food like I think you have you're one of the people that I know that I can say saw the opportunity that you were being given by having the surgery 
and you took every you squeezed that opportunity as hard as you could to get everything you could out of it. Thank like you. you like you're saying you didn't want to leave any stone unturned. You didn't want to you didn't want to half asset so you only got half ass results. Like by right. by following the like and again it mind it, it's mind blowing to me to know that there are people out there that would go into a surgery like that without asking every question they wanted to ask. Yeah, I mean you there's know, so many people out there like that. Like, and I've seen it, it, be, it I've seen it before, like when people come back from the doctors with other issues, like smaller issues, like, did you ask them about this? Oh, I just, I didn't know how to ask about that. Like, I know that's where people get into, but really, like you're saying, you're having, to, like, it's also like, I know, like, we know a lot of people that have had skin removal surgery done. Mm -hmm. And that is probably another one of those very traumatic experiences on the body. You know, they basically, you know, cut your skin and then pull it up like they're pulling up a pair of pants. And then tie it back down. Like right. that's that's a huge physical trauma to the body. Choosing to go through these things is never an easy thing for someone. But yes, there are probably some people that approach it with the wrong attitude. And then they're the ones that end up failing. And it's their responsibility that that happened. Like it's not the it's the same way. Like I know people who love to talk about like failure rates of diets. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, Weight Watchers only has a 2% success rate. And this one only has a 5% success rate. Overall, in general, as human beings, we suck at keeping weight off. We, yeah. su we suck at it. We're great. Like, I like to always say, like, I'm always been, I'm fantastic at losing weight, but I'm better at gaining weight. Like, and I. it's the I, truth. We all you know, are. Like, we're, we can do, we can lose weight. It's figuring out what comes next and how to use, put what we've put into place, into action and see the importance there. And I think that was something else that resonated in what you were saying. Like, that idea that you've come so far that why would you even want to take a step backwards? Right. Like that has to be something I think that people keep in focus. Like real every day, acknowledge the work you've put in over mm -hmm. your journey. So that that step pile is still bigger than the pile that says, go on out and have that, that food that's going to throw you off, go on out and make those choices that are going to put you in the bad place again. Well, the thing is, you know, I wake up and I look at the day as, you know, I have to conquer the next day, you mm -hmm. know, um, it's so if you follow my page, um, you know that my mantra, I end all my posts with the hashtag, the gains in between. Yes, sir. Um, the gains in between is basically all of the things that you have to do to get from point A to point B that no one ever looks at. All the little things, all the little bullshit things that people look over that they just don't realize is there. They think that getting to point from point A to point B is just that's what you do. You get in the car, you drive from A to B. No, that's not true. That's not how this works. You get in the car, you go to A, you start at A, then you go to A1, A2, A3, A4, A5, and then eventually you'll get to B. But you there's all these little steps that mm -hmm. happen before you get to B. There's so many little goals you have to make before you can check off that big goal. It's not like we started this weight loss journey. We, we, we went to bed and we were like, all right, I've started this weight loss journey. Now it's time to go to sleep. And the next day you wake up and you're down 75 pounds. Mm -hmm. It's not how it fucking works, man. And it, it's never going to work like that. Unfortunately, I really, I, you know, I wish it did, but it doesn't. So the gains in between is, is, is just that, you know, I, I have the big picture. I, I know what I want, but how am I going to get there? And mm -hmm. th that's what was missing from my life for so long was I saw where I wanted to be, you know, in the back of my head, I knew that I needed to get there, but I had no idea how to go about it. Um, I had no idea which way to turn, who to talk to, what to do. Um, you know, you don't, 
when you learn to ride a bike, you have training wheels, right? You didn't just get on a two-wheeled bike and you just rode to your friend's house. Mm. No. If you did that, you probably fell down, first pedal in, or down your driveway and you skinned your knees. That's what happened. But um, So weight loss is just like anything else. We just look at it as this hard thing to do because we as a society hate to make sacrifices. Um, you know, I, I talked about it today in my post. We all want instant gratification. Um, we come from a society now where things are given to us right away. You mm. post a picture on Instagram, you're going to get a few likes. You know, you, you order something on Amazon, you could have it to you the next day. Uh, you know, you order something off DoorDash, you're going to have it in 25 minutes. But that's not how life works. Um, if you really want something bad enough, you have to work for it and you have to keep working to it. Um, you know, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they laid bricks by the hour. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've told myself since the beginning of this journey. Um, you know, it, it's going to get tough. And a lot of people don't like when I say this on my posts, because every time I say this on my posts, I get a lot of DMs about it. But, you know, I always remind people, um, when you decide this, when you really give it your all and you decide, okay, I'm going to change my life now, from that point on, it's going to suck. Um, it's going to suck for a while. Mm. You know, it's probably going to suck, you know, until it gets better. But if you're strong enough to make it out of the sucky part, then you deserve to get the benefits of the great parts. Um, you know, it's, it's a road that's not traveled a lot. Um, but when it's traveled, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. Uh, I remember, you know, not being able to fly on an airplane. You know, I feel like that's a lot of our biggest, you know, non-scale victory goals oh, is yeah. the fact that we can fit in an airplane now. Um, we can, you know, put on an airplane seatbelt without a belt extender. Um, you know, there was a point in my life where I truly dreamed of getting there, mm -hmm. but had no idea how I was going to get there. You know, um, where I had to stop, my family stopped going away on vacations, you know, to faraway places that we couldn't drive to because I, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to buy two plane seats for yourself every time. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have the embarrassment of, of putting on a seatbelt extender every single time. I mean, it gets old, man. It, it definitely gets old. And like I said before, being six foot five and 500 pounds, it was hard. You know, being overweight is, is hard enough. Being tall and overweight, that, that, that sucked. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it's all about mind state. I mean, I'm sorry. We went off on a big tangent oh, there. Oh, no, it's okay. And I, I, and I lost my train of thought. But no, it's, it's okay. It's okay because I think like you, what you brought it back to is the core of what you're about. Because yeah. I, I wanted, like, I, I knew going into our talking tonight, like I, I, I'd said to you that I wanted to talk about your surgery because I think it's important for people to, to get your perspective because I think you have you have a great way. Like I think anyone out there who's considering it needs to listen to all the words that you were saying and really needs to listen to what you were describing and what your life was like after. And, but then also I think they need to realize that it's not just about figuring out the surgery. Like that's another one of those little pieces on your journey. Like right. I, you know, that's, that's not your point A or your point B. That's one of those in between points for you. Like you, you know, you, you're good at looking at, you know, getting us to think about, we all have big picture journeys, but like I, I recorded recently with a gentleman, with a guy, Frank, the culinary lion keto, cul culinary, mm -hmm. keto, yeah, cul culinary lion keto. Um, 
He was over 700 pounds at his heaviest. Wow. He's currently 450 pounds. Wow. So when you think about it, if you see him, you know, if, if a person sees him and doesn't know any of his story, they immediately think, wow, that's a big fat guy. You know, he's got to really start thinking about making some changes. But he's already lost, you know, around 280 pounds. Which is incredible. Incredible. So then you put that in that context and you think he's lost that already. And he's got another, you know, couple hundred pounds that he's going to lose. Exactly. Like, well, that, that's, that's like my man, that, that big guy, 700. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if, if you follow yep. him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yep. He's the man. I mean, think about all the weight that he's lost. You know, mm -hmm. he started over 700 pounds. And I think um, the last I checked, I think he's in the, what is he, in the upper twos now? I, uh, I don't even know what he's at. I'm going to check my phone I don't, right no, now. I don't, I don't think he's that low. I don't think he's that low. Um, but but regardless, I mean, oh, yeah. he's lost a significant amount of weight, and I mean, he only has more to go. Completely. So, so yeah, okay. Sorry, I apologize. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at my phone right now. So, there so now he, he, he's 462. He started yeah. at 700. He's 462 right now. He's lost 238 pounds. That's what I was gonna I say. Mean, I was gonna say he's lost. He's lost over 200 pounds. Well over 200 pounds. Right. So he's lost almost what what I've lost. Mm -hmm. Almost what Coro has lost. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he still has a, a ways to go, but he knows his path. Oh, He's yeah. doing it. So, I mean, I don't like when people go on pages like that and they're like, oh, well, he's still fat or he's still big. Mm -hmm. Look at all the hard work he's put in. And, and look at the perseverance he's showing because, like, I mean, heck, like when you've got 250 pounds to lose, that's an – it can seem like an impossible okay. task. So then think about having 550 pounds to lose or 500 pounds to lose. Like, right. I, I, I think that really, but, but what I, what I, the, the reason I bring up people like that as well, because I think that like, then that puts into context too, like someone who looks at like your journey or my journey and they have 50 pounds to lose and they get caught up in the, well, I don't even have that much to lose. And why am I such a screw up? You have you have to think about all those details still between your point A and your point B. You have to think about your you know you'd say you know your gains between. No matter how far your journey has to be, like it's still it's still gonna it's still gonna have days and like in the context of your life, it's still gonna be rough and there's still gonna be challenges. And will they be the same challenges that someone who's six hundred pounds faces? Right. No, but there's still going to be real challenges to you mm -hmm. and you're still going to need to take them as seriously and take your approaches seriously. And I, I, you can't lose sight of all those steps you need to take in between. And, and some people don't like to dive down into the details. They don't want to, they want you to just tell them what exactly what to do and fix their, no, fix their problem for them. You right. can, I, I've said that a hundred times now, like I can never tell you what to do to fix your issue like you have to figure it out for yourself right you but, have to figure out what's going on why is this happening and how much better do you feel though when you conquer that problem and you figured it out yourself yeah exactly there's no better feeling of breaking a goal i know so, that that sounds really dumb but like i lived i mean and i'm sure you can relate i lived a life for so long where i would set goals and never come near touching them mm -hmm. and then i and then i and then i went on this journey and it's like I set all these goals and I've broken a lot of them, you know, more than I've ever thought that I would ever do. And I, and I remember breaking these goals at first and being like, holy shit, I did that. You know what I mean? I never did that before. 
I never stuck to a plan. I never stuck to breaking a goal and actually came through and broke it. And and there's no sweeter sense of victory than telling yourself you're going to do it and then following through and actually doing it. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't have that opportunity or don't think that they're capable of of having that opportunity. And that's why I, I one of the other reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically because you are also someone who has had goals since you were a kid that you're now using this journey to make a reality. Like mm. specifically, let's go back to, you know, to the Steve Austin bathing suit. Like right. your love of wrestling is not just, you're not just a fan. No, because no. <laughs> no, that would be too easy. Right, right. You're not just a fan. Like you, you now, you know, you climb into the ring, like you're making your dream of, of, of professional wrestling a reality. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know we've been talking a while already, but I don't want to miss out on this because I grew up a, a wrestling fan. And like, I think someone actually making this happen is, is, is pretty incredible. So I would love for you I to be able to, to I, I would love for you to be able to talk to people a little bit about that. You know, I know there's a lot of guys listening that probably at some point in their life, if they're not now, they were into it. So yeah, I, I think giving us a little bit, you know, a, a little bit of a look into how that's happened for you, I think would really. So be great. I mean, I I was always uh, a huge wrestling fan, um, my whole entire life. Uh, like I said, I, my love, my loves in life were food and wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. So because for a while, just like food, wrestling was my security blanket from reality. Um, the only thing that was ever. Uh, normal in my life was wrestling. The only thing that I had that was consistent was wrestling. I knew wrestling was going to be there. You know, Mondays and Thursdays, Monday Night Raw, Thursday Night Smackdown. I knew that that was going to happen, you know? So that was my like escape from the world. It was my, um, it was just my thing. Um, I always wanted to do it. I don't know if it was just, you know, the larger than life characters, if it was the storylines, you know, what have you. Um, I was always a big Hulk Hogan fan. Um, mm. You know, Hulk Hogan, you know, was there, you know, it sounds dumb, but was there when I had nobody. You yep. know, I had Hulk Hogan on TV and that comforted me in life. And I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be like guys like The Rock and Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. That was cool to me. That was, you know, it was, it was awesome. These guys, these big jack guys kicking ass and not caring. And that's just what it was. So I knew it fought 300 pounds, 400 pounds. I couldn't get in a ring and do what they do. It, you know, it's just not logical, but you know, I was a fan of the sport. I was a fan of the business and anything that I could get my hands on wrestling related, I dove into. I, you know, I have countless wrestling autobiographies. I've watched hours upon hours of film my whole entire life. Um, and one of the big things that I promised myself, if not the biggest thing that I promised myself, was that if I was able to lose the weight, that I would pursue my dreams of, you know, at least joining wrestling school. Right. Um, I didn't want to do this journey and then not go to wrestling school and then look back and say, you know, what could have been. So um, there's a, a local promotion in my area, um, a very big, reputable school. Um, if you're a current wrestling fan right now, guys like Trent Beretta, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, um, mm. they all graduated from 
where I go right now, that's where they started. And, you know, they're big names in the wrestling industry right now. Guys like Mike Mondo from the Spirit Squad. Um, so the school was originally owned by Mikey Whipwreck from ECW. If, you know, if there's any old school wrestling fans out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, when ECW folded, um, he started a school out in Long Island. And, uh, you know, it's been there for over 20 years. Um, I went to the I went to the shows, you know, in my teens. Um, and I just went as a casual fan, you know. Um, like I said, I loved wrestling. It didn't have to be, you know, WWF, WCW, anything like that at the time. I just, I liked being around wrestling. And uh, I knew one day that I would, uh, I would get my foot in the door there. Um, so I lost the weight. Um, actually, I'll give you a better story. So my, my trainer right now is a gentleman by the name of Bull James. He was, he was uh, signed to the WWE a few years ago on their NXT brand. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so he's he's our head trainer. He was in WWE. His name was Bull Dempsey. So Bull Dempsey's last show on the indie scene, um, I was there. And I had remembered I went to the after party of the show. So I went to this bar afterward, and, and Bull is sitting there. Now, Bull, he's a, he's a bigger gentleman like myself. Um, so I went up to him, and I was like, listen, man. Um, how, do you, how do you do this? You know, a, a, you know, a bigger guy, you know. You know, you're tall, you're, you're bigger, you know, how do you do it? And I remember him looking at me and he just said, listen, it's, it's just one of those things. You either do it or you don't do it. Mm. And, and it was something that stuck with me all these years. And then, you know, you fast forward, however many years it was later, I think it was like five or six years later, you know, now he's my mentor and he's one of my best friends. Um, he's my trainer. He's my trainer at the school. He's the right. trainer there. And you know, I'm just living this crazy dream that I've always had. I mean, I'm not the greatest wrestler in the world. Please, I, I don't like to even think that I am. Sure. But, um, I'm doing something that I said that I was going to do. I'm doing something that I dreamed of doing when I was a little kid, when I had nobody else, that in my wildest dreams, I didn't think that I was going to do. Um, you know, I'm actually, I'm wrestling this Thursday at a... Uh, at a spot where I used to, I used to be a, co a club promoter before I had the weight loss industry. Yep. I mean, before I went into, you know, weight loss, before I went into the wrestling industry, I was a club promoter for many years. Um, so it's, it's very funny how life works that, uh, I'm actually going to be wrestling at a venue that I used to promote for, oh, wow. you know, as a club promoter. Um, so it's, it's funny how life works. I mean, don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not capable of doing something because you are capable of more than anything that you could ever imagine as corny as that sounds so i mean keep working on it um ask me anything you want and i will give you the answer as far as wrestling goes but uh yeah that's my little uh it's my little journey of wrestling right now that's awesome man like it's it's funny because i i, I see i watch all your posts about it and, and kind of pay attention to all of that like like i said like i was big into wrestling when i was a kid and kind of paid attention throughout the years but when I was a kid, it was like the heyday of the 80s wrestling. Which is so, the greatest time ever. Oh, exactly. So, like, it's like, you know, Hulkamania running wild, you know, Ultimate Warrior. Um, and that's also when there were a lot of guys, like, you had, like, Big Boss Man, One Man Gang, mm -hmm. King Kong Bundy. They were the bigger guys. So, the amazing thing to me was, as a kid, the here you were, these here were these fat guys wrestling. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, oh, my God, that's awesome that they can do that. Like, I could do that someday. But then as I got older and I got bigger and bigger and, you know, and, and got much bigger. And now I look back on them and I'm like, those dudes really weren't that big. Right. Like, and some of them know, were, but they were just athletic. And shit. Right. Oh yeah. That's what it was. Well, that's what it was. Like they, to me as a kid, they seem like these mountains. And now mm -hmm. I look at them and I'm like, Oh 
yeah, I'm probably 200 pounds heavier than that guy. Okay. (laughs) That context is a little bit different, but you know, that's, that's my little wrestling side tangent. Like I, I think it's incredible. Like there are probably some people listening that, you know, have, don't have any conception of wrestling at all, but the core concept of what you're talking about is relatable to every person out there, whether that's someone who wants to start a podcast or start a radio show or write a play or write a book or switch their job or race cars or whatever. Right. Think about like, I honestly, like to me, that's the most amazing thing I see sometimes come out of people's weight loss journeys is not necessarily even that the weight loss allows them to physically do things. Because like you said, you know, there are bigger, you know, your coach is, you know, your trainer is someone who was a bigger guy doing wrestling. Like, there are some bigger people doing it, but for you to be able to do it, you had to get in your journey to where you are at this point. Like what you learn on your weight loss and fitness journey are things that have, have buoyed you and allowed you to be able to, to reach for those other dreams. Like there's cross promotion going on in our, in our lives. Like you have to see yourself as a whole being. Mm -hmm. It can't your journey. Like that's why for me, when I screwed up my my first big weight loss journey, when I get down to 210 in 2013 and regained all that weight, it's because I focused on that journey being just about weight loss. Right. It wasn't about anything else for me. It was just about seeing those numbers change. And mm-hmm. when I screwed that up, that's why the journey got completely screwed up because I had nothing else to reinforce it. But if you're reaching right. for other things and there are other things that are, you know, otherwise that are bigger and more important or just as important to you as the numbers. It's it makes your journey more sustainable and it makes those goals, I think, infinitely more reachable because once you see you can tackle one of the mountains in your life, the other mountains don't look as big. Yeah, you can't you can't let yourself be defined just by weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, weight loss is just an action. Um, was weight loss like the great one of the greatest things that ever happened to me? Yeah. I mean, single handedly, probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But it it, it opened so many doors for me. Right. Um because I didn't define myself just as that fat guy anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I went in with, see, when I started the journey, I went in with the attitude of, I was doing this because I wanted to pursue my dreams as a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. That is what, that is what I fed my mind. Because like you said, you need something to reinforce the journey. Oh yeah. Um, because I could have hit my goal weight and then I could have just bottomed out and said, mm-hmm. okay, well I did it. You know, I, I did it. I said what I was going to do and I did it. And well, now what the hell am I going to do? Well, I guess, you know, this bag of chips looks pretty good. I guess we can go back to doing that now. But um, when you when you list these goals of what you want to accomplish and the, the, the weight loss is just the fuel to that fire, it's, it's just that, that, that little kick in the ass that's going to keep, you know, get you going. Um, listen, four years ago, I didn't think one, I'd be doing professional wrestling. Two, I never thought that my page was going to blow up the way that it did. And three, I never thought that anybody would ever want to talk to me of all people about weight loss or, mm. you know, bettering their lives or anything like that. You know, I am definitely blessed that I've had the opportunities that I've had over the last, you know, four years, especially in the last year alone. Um, being featured on the news, being featured on podcasts, you know, having the opportunity to talk to you today on your podcast and, you know, just meeting guys, meeting people, not just guys, but people in general that, you know, they're after the same thing as you. I mean, me, you, um, you know, Poro and, and Joel, we've never met, you know, in person in a day right. in our lives. But you know what? I talk to you guys more than I talk to some of my closest friends 
you know, because it's just another way of, of keeping each other accountable. Mm-hmm. When you find people with like goals, you know, you're going to, you're going to, um, further yourself along. Um, you know, something that I always tell people is, um, if you hang out with dead people, you're going to die. You know, if, if, if you hang out with people that are just going to hold you back, you're, you're only going to stay there. But if, if you hang out with people that have the same ideals as you, you know, have the same goals as you, you're only going to get farther along. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, um, closing one door to open another, you know, um, I hate change. And I talk about that on my pod, on, on my, uh, excuse me, not my podcast. I don't have one on my uh, Instagram page all the time. Um, I was somebody who always hated change. And sometimes even to this day, I don't like change. If you change something in my bedroom, if you, I changed my pillows recently on my bed and it's been bugging the hell out of me mm. for the last two weeks. You know what I mean? Little things like that, they still annoy the shit out of me. But you have to change in order to grow. Things need to change. Um, you know, failure, failure doesn't mean you lost. Failure just means that you're one step closer to succeeding. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, you've had many failures in your life. I've had many failures in my life. Um, the thing is we failed, but we didn't give up, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who fail and then they think that because they failed, they automatically have to stop trying. Mm. But why? Who said that? Whoever told you that you have to stop trying because you failed? It's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I that's mean, how, that's how I was brought up. You know, I, I mean, I, you fail. That's, that's something I feel like was, was instilled in us in a, a long time ago was like, just because you failed that, that means you, you quit, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because we weren't athletic as kids and we didn't do sports teams and stuff. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely something big that I've learned is just because you fail doesn't mean that you give up. And, and that's, that right there uh, is is a great place i think for us to to start wrapping it up because i think that's a great that's a great point um to kind of tie this all together with uh, john like you there's if you're out there listening and you think you know you you you're ready to give up or you you've fallen and you're not sure if you can get back up again like do it get back up again you can do yeah. it just realize like like i i'm hoping that there are people i, I think there's going to be people listening to this episode who are going to get the kick in the pants from you um to to really start to focus on the details and maybe realize that sometimes when you get lost in between point a and b it's because you deviate from the that map you need to lay out for yourself like the more well defined your journey is the the easier it is for you to stay to that path like yeah. figure and, figure and, out. and write your goals down yeah um that that's something that I never used to like to do just because maybe I, I was just lazy in life. Um, mm-hmm. but once I started writing down goals and you don't have to actually go out and go buy a freaking pad and a pen, you know, write it down in your phone, mm-hmm. you know, write it down on your computer. But as soon as you write it, you know, and, and you make it, that's what makes it real. That's what makes it tangible. You could touch it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have these ideas floating in your head, that's all they're going to be is ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want that anymore. You know, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this podcast has has been to that point. They failed. They don't know why they failed. You know, take a second. Really think about everything that you've done. Um, what has brought you to that failure and, and what can actually push you past that failure? Because failure doesn't mean you lost. 
at all. Failure just means that you're one step closer to winning. You just have to figure out what you need to change in order to win. Well, there you go, man. I I greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk to all of us tonight. Is there? I appreciate you having me. Of course, me. of course. Is there anything else out? Anything else that we didn't get to talk about, or anything you want to say? Like any last words that you have for people? Um, I mean, I really feel bad we didn't get to talk about Poro that much, but uh, I guess we'll have to have another podcast where we can just talk all about Poro. I, I think we need a. I think we need a whole episode where it's just going into, um, the things that people need to know about him that they don't know. Right, hundred percent. But, but um, honestly, I mean, you can follow me, please. Feel free, follow me on Instagram at jarps underscore journey. That's J-A-R-P-S underscore journey. Leave me a comment. Shoot me a DM. I answer pretty much everything. Mm. I don't ignore people. Um, you know, I was one of those people who, you know, just needed somebody to look up to that have had lived those experiences. And I'm sure any experience that you're going through, I've probably lived it or, you know, kind of live something like it so i'm always there i'm always here to listen um you know i can't tell you how you can completely change your life but i can definitely give you some advice that can get you going and get you in the right direction i mean i'm no guru i'm not god i can't change anything but i definitely want to help people that's the only reason why i have my page that's the only reason why i keep you know, keep up with the pages because I know that somewhere out there, there's another version of myself or another version of, of, of Gormy or Poro or anybody in this Instagram weight loss community who is just looking for somebody to just help them out of that little dark place that they think that they have no one to turn to because there's no one relatable out there. Um, we're here. We're all, we've all lived it. So I think the Instagram weight loss community is a great place to discuss that and to, you know, develop relationships with people who have been there. You know, well, that, 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 that's awesome, man. And thank you again so much. I'm sure that I'm thank sure you, there's going to be a ton of people out there who decide to, to drop you some DMS and ask you some questions or even just to say they appreciate everything that you shared with them tonight. Cause I know that I really did. Um, so I appreciate it. Bro. So, so thanks, John. Uh, as always, I'm your host Gourmet. You can find me also on Instagram. Um, Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. I'm also on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. Or you can also email the podcast, thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Are you interested in coming on and talking about your story? You know, like, as John would say, have you got some gains between, like, to talk about with us? I think that would be really great. Drop me a line. Let me know you're interested. And also, as I always like to say when we come to the end of this, these discussions, I hope that you're going to do something today to amaze yourself because you're an amazing person, whether you believe it or not. So get out there, do something amazing and, and prove to yourself that you're in this fight. So thanks again to John for being on the show this week. And thank you all so much for listening. 